For garden color from the ground up, start with the ground. Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch from the Home Depot. Now, three bags for just nine bucks. It protects your plants beautifully and maintains its color for up to 12 months in shades of red, brown, or black that really set off your garden, not to mention your spring. Bring on spring color with Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch. Three bags, nine bucks. Now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 60 per customer. Color selection varies by store. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Morning Gratitude with the Mayor at 11.30 a.m. Pacific. I am sorry for the inconsistencies in time this week, but I've been very, very blessed to have some really, really amazing guests, and today is no different. So let's get the show started. Good morning, Mary. Or good afternoon, your time. Good to see you today. Oh, man, today is going to be an awesome show. Thank you, everybody, for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for your shares, adding people, liking people, whatever. It's going to be absolutely amazing today. Good morning, Tia. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Mr. Jim Weaver. How are you? Oh, my God. So I'm really, really excited about today because our next guest is freaking awesome. Um, we had a scheduled guest at 9 a.m., and I guess they thought they were too cool for morning gratitude. I don't know, but that's okay because the replacement is fantastic. I am so excited uh, about this guest. I, I reached out to her this morning. I don't think she knows me from Adam, but I told her what the show is about, and and I, I somebody I've been watching on Facebook and seeing what they're about, and I am just so excited. Like I'm actually honored to have them on the show. I'm going to tell you, um, Melody, our guest, Melody Garcia, is an internationally known speaker. Uh, she's an incredible. She's a book coming out. I think you guys saw the uh, the, the promo picture. Um, just amazing stuff. And I don't want to ruin it, but like literally, this woman lives her life to make other people's lives better. She fights on behalf of people that really can't fight for themselves. I mean, she is doing this all over the world. She's truly inspiring. She's truly a blessing and is just an absolute freaking awesome, awesome, awesome. Like, I'm so stoked to have her on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Melody Garcia to the show. Everybody welcome Morning Gratitude in the afternoon. Happy Friday, Melody. How are you? Hey guys, happy Friday, a warm um, love coming from Orlando, Florida, and as wow. Josh had mentioned this morning, you know, it's it's the magic of serendipity, it is what it is, who's meant to be is meant to be, and he connected, and I happened to just be on Facebook at that given time, because it was when I uploaded the announcement of the book that's coming out, and within a minute, Josh connected, and I said, why not, let's do this. I well, real quick. I want to get good morning, Cheryl. Good morning, Barbara. Chica Rica, good to see you. Jennifer, good to see you. Barbara, great to see you. Pia, everybody. Brad French, good to see you. Glenn, good to see you. Everybody, please welcome our amazing guest, uh, Melody. I am so grateful that you came on the show today. First things first. You probably, I don't know if you've seen the show before, but first things first. Mm-hmm. We always ask our guest, "What are you grateful for today?" What am I grateful for? First of all, the opportunity to share my message with your viewers. Second, the fact that I am alive and breathing. 
and that this journey called a blessing in life has put me in such a way that can impact and transform lives around the world. That is incredible. So you're, you're from the Philippines, correct? Yes, yes. Wow. I'm from the Philippines. I left in 1986, and you know what? I actually haven't been back to visit. And oh, that wow. is probably one of the, the stories I'm going to share with your viewers. Um, it's been a very, very interesting journey of a complete, um, almost like a return to home once I get to share with you what my life has been about all this time. Please do. So how did you get into, like, so coming from the Philippines, you moved over, you moved to Hawaii, uh, mm-hmm. which seems like a natural transition. Hawaii's a great place. Like, how did you get into what you were doing? Have you always been so led to change people's lives? So here's here's a very interesting part. Um, we came, so I came from a, a prom, well, I would say prominent family in the Philippines. My father was a well-known doctor. My mom was a well-known entrepreneur slash corporate you know, uh, both worlds there. What is very interesting about my journey is we came to the United States, or I came with my mom and my sister, because our life was under threat. Oh, wow. uh, we took on a relative, um, you know, we took on a relative that was brutally murdered. Uh, he was getting ready to say, share something in public with, uh, with media because of things that he found out, whether it was government-related or not, we'll never know. But he was kidnapped in front of my mo- mother's business. I was a, little, a young child at the time, or young young girl, and um, life was never the same. We were, our lives were severely under threat. Like I said, he was brutally murdered. And it's a story that touches my heart when it comes to refugee situation. Right. Because here we were in a private school, maids, you know, nice home, successful family. And next thing you know, in the middle of the night, I'm woken up by maids, whisked out literally within six days out of the country to find ourselves living in Virginia in a very small home. With relatives, my sister and I are sleeping on the floor, and my mom has the bed, and we were basically told to forget everything we know and haven't been back since. Uh, here's my mom, a former executive, business entrepreneur, now working at 7-Eleven in a, in a grocery store at that time, making whatever the minimum wage was, what, like $3 an hour, $3.25, sweeping gas stations in the middle of the night in, in tune of survival. So... It wasn't a smooth transition, as people would, would think. It was literally, here's your new life. You start from absolutely nothing. We came in the dead of winter with no winter clothes. And coming from a comfortable living to now finding ourselves recipients of donations. So that's what started probably a part of my journey on having true empathy for, for people that are going through different transitions and life events. Uh, Before that, my parents were actually huge in philanthropy, as my father and my mother was raised from um, from real like impoverished conditions. They always made sure they gave back to community. So as a little girl, I was exposed to philanthropy and humanitarianism because my father was the type of uh, doctor that would go to the provinces once a month, the very poor regions or, or you know provinces in the Philippines, and donate his medical time at no charge perform surgeries at no charge. So this was deeply embedded in me as a child. So that's just the beginning. (laughs) That's just the beginning. And it was, you know, it was rough growing as a teenager because you, you, you know, you have uh, friends that had their own rooms and it was a little bit embarrassing to invite them and realize that, Hey, what what are you two? Why are you three sharing one little bedroom? You know, but it was, it was life, you know, it was life. And um, you had to swallow and, 
and transition right then and there, coming from a private school with well-known friends to basically starting with absolutely nothing was, was the start of my life here in the United States. But you learn to appreciate everything along the journey. Uh, so fast forward to doing what I do, right? Um, we all get hit with life challenges. You know, I'm a single mom. I was, I was married for 17 years. There's a lot of things to be grateful about, even in those, those challenges and life events. But I'll share with you the, the pivotal turn, because I know one of the announcements that I made is I am the founder of an LLC called One Night, One Voice. And that is what literally became the catalyst to everything of where I am today and still unfolding. So in 2013, I don't know if you guys remember, the Philippines was hit with a really big storm or typhoon, hurricane called Typhoon Haiyan. It made global news. Do you remember that, Josh? Oh, yeah, for sure. So as you know, you know, it's still home is home, right? Even though I grew up pretty much in the United States, home is home. And um, I remember seeing a story of this woman completely uncensored because something which I know is God's voice guided me out of the mainstream media to go into the Internet media, which at that time the Philippines didn't censor anything and came across a story that literally broke my heart. I mean, complete shatter, ball out crying. I couldn't even control myself. And it was a woman in the middle of all this debris that looked like a nuclear bomb completely went off. But what hurt me in my soul was seeing her hold two of her dead children as she shared her story that basically, you know, it's crystallized in my memory and it's still emotional for me to talk about it because when you see a woman who's lost her children holding them and you see the two lifeless bodies in the middle of something that looked like just everything was destroyed, you know, and she, she was so lost. And she recounted her story, how it took her days, you know, uh, it took days for help to even arrive. And she couldn't bury her kids. And she had no idea where the storm took her husband. She had no home. But she just laid there with them for the last two nights, holding them and wondering why her own life wasn't taken by this massive storm. Now, as a parent, as a mom, you know, there's no bigger pain and suffering that I can think of than losing your own children. And seeing that just literally brought me down to my knees, crying, 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 and just said, you know, I said one simple prayer, which was, help me help them and activate everything you have given me to help me reach them. Ooh, what a good prayer. And that was it. (laughs) That was it. There was no, there was no, you know, over embellishment. It was from my heart and I cried because I knew and I've recognized that I've been blessed with multiple talents since I was a child. You know, um, I sing. I've been on a Broadway musical called Miss Saigon, the local production here in Orlando. I write. <laughs> I speak. So I had all this artistic creativity that's always drawn me to the stage, no matter how much I tried to run away from it. Because I also grew up with some celebrity families in, in the Philippines. You know, God had a way of putting me back in the forefront all the time. So at this point, I said, okay, you know what? But use me, use me to, to reach them. And as a human being, what we tend to do is look at things in a small scale value. And the reason I share that is my initial idea is the next day I had an epiphany, right? And I said, let me go ahead and start a cabaret concert. I'll invite my, you know, another singer 
There'll be the two of us. We'll invite 20 of our friends. It's 20 more people that can donate more than I can, right? <laughs> and I had one mission to get it straight to the ground. That was it. Wow. That's all I knew. And so I went to work, and the first thing that I did, you're, you're going to love that, how this all unfolds, and I hope your audience finds value in all this about Faith Walk, uh, which is what, often what I speak about. Um, first thing I did was I said, okay, let me send this to Facebook. Let me send it to an Asian community and say I need singers, even though I'm connected with a lot of them, just to give right. everyone an equal opportunity. I said no, no one's getting paid, but just go ahead and, you know, um, if you want to join me in the small 20 people cabaret concert, feel free to. Right. Well, within 24 hours, I'm going to tell you, Josh, that God had other plans. His plan is not our own, right? Amen to that. <laughs> His plan's never our own. <laughs> and he probably laughed at my little, um, my little 20 people, you know, um, idea. Within 24 hours, I had such a flood of responses coming from people I never heard of who were not Filipino, which was like, you know, me going, where did I send this to? Right. Within 24 hours, I had a full lineup of artists from that amen. And everyone agreed no one was getting paid. And I went, okay, well, next let me partner up with a nonprofit. That came easy. That was like literally done in three minutes. He said, sure, we'll, we'll partner with you. We'll write some receipts. Because, again, we were thinking such a small scale, 20 people, right? Amazing. And then three different friends of mine literally said, because now I'm going, now I need a venue, a little small hall that can contain 20 people. Again, me and my 20, right? Well, three different friends of mine who never spoke to each other all gave me one pastor's name. And it's a Seventh-day Adventist Philippine-American church that I've never visited, even though I'm a Seventh-day Adventist myself. Gave me one pastor's name. I called him. Uh, told them what I was planning and doing, and before I could even explain myself, he said, oh, I already know, I heard. And I'm like, how's that possible? It's only going to be day two <laughs> since this thing formulated in my head. So I thought he was going to offer up his sanctuary, and I even said, you know what, I don't need that big a space because, again, it's just 20 people, you know, limited thinking. And he said, well, let me see what I can do. He calls me on day three from that amen, and he goes, I have great news for you. I found a venue. They don't want anything from you, no money. I'm like, this is perfect, perfect, right? Because this was actually initially three weeks from after the storm happened. So the media was talking all about it. And to me, my business, no sense is strike it while it's hot, right? Absence of the mind, it's gone. Uh, next big news is going to come. So I went there and uh, I said, okay, is it your church? And he said, no, all they want in return is actually an acknowledgement from you saying that they're donating the space. And I said, perfect. I said, well, it hold 20 people. Are you ready for this? Yeah. He said, <laughs> he said, it's a full concert auditorium that will hold 650 seats for free. And I went, what is happening? What is happening right now? Because... You can't put a concert within three days between artists and a venue and a nonprofit, and nobody's charging a single cent. And I remember just tapping into that prayer, and I said, I did say to unleash everything you gave me to help me reach them. Now guide me. 
in rapid succession, <laughs> in rapid succession, this is exactly what happened. My small idea of 20 people cabaret concert three weeks later becomes a full-blown concert here within the Orlando area. There were miracles upon miracles upon miracles upon miracles that came. Sponsorships I never looked for. Uh, as, as social media took into like a different storm, I didn't sleep for three weeks. I literally, God literally activated anything from my speaking ability to, to advertising to marketing. To, it was a one-man show there for, for a very long time, right? Fueled by the fact that I started getting testimonies from the Philippines saying, help us, we're starving, help us find our family. We heard you're doing this, right? And one of the most powerful powerful moments for me that turned that remember when I told you when we left the country you know I felt like a refugee I, I now have a name for it but back then I'm like oh my god what, what happened right well how, how can this just happen to to us overnight we're we're good people you know this is not something we're not from from the streets we're not bad people we're not involved in crimes and all of a sudden we're yanked in the middle of the night and thrown to a different country altogether to survive and lost everything in the process right the most pivotal part of that journey was when I received a private message uh, just because I was reaching out to this person's foundation to borrow a quote, right? I didn't want to get in legal trouble for requoting somebody else right. who was pretty influential. But his name is Efren Pena Florida, who won the CNN Hero of the Year. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, where they take one humanitarian or philanthropist from around the world and CNN awards them. And you're competing with everybody around the world. So he sends me a message. And I'll never forget this. I was in a restaurant. This is right before the concert, you know, a couple, uh, like about a week. Right. And I start, I lost it completely and, and just started crying. Because the word said, oh, hero of your country, rise up. Oof. Your people need you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I completely lost it in the restaurant, and I couldn't even stop the tears. My friends had to calm me down. They had no clue what was happening oh internally because emotionally it brought me home. Spiritually, I knew who was behind it. And, you know, to be called a hero of your country, rise up, your people need you, after the betrayal I felt, you right. know, that abandonment came in complete 180, uh, yeah, 180, or, or 360, I should say. And it was in that moment that I said, "What? my God, this is bigger than what I thought it would be. And <laughs> just a couple of weeks ago, I was just like trying to think of 20 people to invite. PepsiCo steps in to sponsor this three days before the event and reaches me at 1030 at night and says, is it too late for sponsorship? And I went, uh, no. I wasn't even thinking of sponsorship. I was taking love donations or, you know, tickets at the door. I, I, I have no clue about corporate sponsorship, but that's the reason why God put, put in place the nonprofit three weeks ahead, right? They didn't have much money in the funds because it was the end of the year. So here's Pepsi. Here's mysteriously, and I say mysteriously because I know who was behind it, right? Um, a radio station, a Christian radio station said, we're going to go ahead and, and help you. We're going to sponsor one or two airtime commercials for you, you know, to play one time in the daytime, one time in the nighttime, just to help get the word out. Well, they don't know what happened because this thing goes on the loop for a week, playing day and night, day and night, and other stations started picking it up. 
Wow. There were speakers, uh, ambassadors from Goodwill that stepped in to speak at this event. And like when I say this goes full-blown, it was coming from all directions. I didn't have to chase photographers. I didn't have to chase videographers. I didn't have to chase media. Everybody showed up from different sectors of the industry. So I'll, I'll never forget the day of the concert when I asked everyone to clear. There were no rehearsals. It was straight mic check, and here's your program lineup, right? And I remember just clearing space before I stepped on stage, and I said, God, I prayed for 20 people when this started three weeks ago. I have no idea how many people are in the audience at this point. You took complete control over this, and I just followed wherever you led me. And I said, even if it's just only 20 people out there, let them be 20 with the most generous hearts. Because you know what is ahead of this. You know who needs this. And since nobody's getting paid, 100% was being given out. Right. Even the nonprofit was in. I'll just say I walked on stage in complete darkness. And when I said lights on, that auditorium was nearly filled. And then I cried again. Wow. That, <laughs> that led to later on feeding over 20,000 children from halfway around the globe, building sustainability gardens, building restructures, connecting with different nations to now drive all efforts into this little group called Mobile Soup Kitchen for Kids to reach kids that were so severely affected and devastated by the storm and started a, a, and helped a, a team do a feeding program. But when I, I, you know, I thought it helped several, you know, I, I knew there was a large number, but it wasn't until I got the testimonial le le uh, letter months later that it was over 20,000 lives impacted one single prayer. That's so, unbelievable. <laughs> that's, that, that is so, that is, that is, that just shows you what an, ama an amazing God that we serve and that we mm -hmm. have and, and the miracles that. It produced. I, I done it so crazy, and it's and it's. But there's there's events that happen in the world like this all the time, and and people like yourself are heroes because you step up when you're called and when you feel led to. You step up and you take action. And here you are, this you know, this one person, and what you were able to create. So everybody that's watching right now. Mm -hmm. Like you can be that person. You can be that one person that makes a change with one simple prayer, a prayer, yeah. and look what can happen. That is, is so inspiring. I have so many chills. Like I feel like I just want to run through a wall right now. I'm so. <laughs> oh, that's just the beginning. I'm going to tell you, and 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 I want to, you know, I, I want to kind of note down. It's not that you could be. You are that one person. There's a reason. Like I said, there's no such thing as an accident. So, however many viewers are on right now. You were led to the show for a very specific reason. Whatever the need, the want, the request, the prayer, the wish, the answers are there. And I hope that, I, like as I was sharing with Josh, whatever I share with you this afternoon adds value to what you're looking for and what it's supposed to tap into so you can go fulfill what your purpose is. Love it. So, so that led to speaking engagements. Next thing you know, I'm in New York, you know, being um, invited to this thing called uh, Unipro. Never heard of it. But on stage with me is a panel who helped out the Philippines. The, the lady next to me is actually from the White House. And oh. I'm the last one to go. All right, last one to go. And here she was reading stats, millions of dollars, you know, um, 
this is being sent to the Philippines, you know, things that's, you know, for the World Food Bank, you, you name it, everything that's politically related was, was being shared. And I was the last one to go, and I had a simple PowerPoint. And I said, here's the journey of an event called, it was an event, it wasn't a business at the time, it was called One Night, One Voice. And I said, it was literally one night of prayer for all voices to be heard. I said, in one shot at making a difference. And I shared on timeline, I said, started with this 24 hours later, 48, 72, and it ended with a video of all the children that was being assisted by this uh, troop on the ground called Mobile Soup Kitchen for Kids and several other organizations. And I said, and that's, the, that's how that ended. I will tell you that Twitter, Rappler, every single social media exploded, you know, and, and as I sat down, because the whole room was silenced and then, you know, standing ovation of all kinds, that as I sat down, the lady from the White House leans over and she goes, how's that possible? How can one person, you, you did all of that? You did all of that? And I actually said, no, I didn't. I said, I did not do any of that. That was God and God alone. I was just led to use what he had already given me. Because if I tried to do that on my own, I said, trust me, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. And then, you know, tongue in cheek, I said, you know, it would probably be helpful if the White House applied the same principle of in God we trust. He'll probably move a lot faster. (laughs) So we had a good laugh about it. But then I will tell, so that was 2013. So I was riding this tide of going, okay, you know, and. And I'll t- and I will share with you that when you're on that height and you're not spared from this, the enemy is also busy trying to take you down. Amen. And so in 2015, I go through this massive breakdown, massive breakdown. You know, I go through a divorce that was long overdue. We are friends now. I've prayed over him. I've done the whole forgiveness. Um, you know, and that that's all shown in the books. I'm not going to ruin the surprise of what I went through um, for the book, but. I went through a severe depression. I found myself having suicidal thoughts. I found myself questioning God's very existence who had protected me since childhood, you know, protected me, provided, and yet at that pivotal moment when your heart is completely shattered, when you have members of minister, ministry walking away from you, saying they can't handle your pain and just leaving you in the dust and disconnecting from you, then I start questioning God's existence. It's like, if pastors and ministers can do that, then, my God, <laughs> where are you? I had friends, friends that I thought that were close to me, betray me, talked about me, gossip about me, and I had to disconnect from all of them because it became so toxic. And I, I had to learn to forgive in that process. It came down to it was just between me and God and me so angry at God. You know, I, had two, I have two sons that were going through their own transitions after you know, uh, through the divorce that are happy, healthy, and, and just so blessed right now. Like I said, we're in a healthy place. But through that transition, 2015, just when I thought that everything could not go wrong, everything went wrong. I shut myself from society. I shut myself from everything. I did not want to go to church because I felt like I was betrayed, you know, by, by member, not members of my church, but other ministries. So it became this very ironic position that no matter how much I fired up one night, one voice in my memory, my heart, it was almost like a mockery, right? It was a mockery because I was even told that wasn't God, that was you doing your own thing. You know, so everything was questioned at that point. But I'll never forget at the height of that very depressed state, 
right? When the clarity came to me of saying, oh, no wonder people end their lives and commit suicide. If there's a peaceful, crazy, false feeling about this. It was when I knew I was in danger. God, I'm so, and I'm so I, grateful that you didn't give up. And I stepped out. I stepped out and surrounded myself with people because the one thing about me is I became a perfect chameleon. And when I say perfect chameleon, a lot of, of, of your public figures hide under the pretense that everything's perfect. We've learned to smile for the camera. We've learned to um, say the right words. We've learned to say influence people sometimes in a thought, you know, take a look at Robin Williams as a perfect example. The world loved him. He looked like he had the perfect life. He inspired, he motivated, he loved, but he didn't feel fulfillment. And he ended his life to the, to the shock of everybody. And because I had clarity of that, I went, oh, my God, I need to step out. I don't believe in you right now. I was so angry at God. It's like, I don't believe I'm going to stop praying, but I need to be around people for the sake of my two sons. Because in the moment of my ex-husband's imperfection became a blessing. So for anybody who's gone through divorce, stop cursing at your ex-spouses and, and failed relationships. Because you get to realize the blessing. My blessing is, if I was to end my life right now, he has to raise those two boys, and he's not capable of raising those two boys, you know, as a man of God or as a strong man. And I went, yeah, that's not happening. So now I'm grateful for that because if he was, you and I probably won't be talking today, you know. Right. So I sailed through that, and I went from one self-development to another self-development, just trying to fill that void, still avoiding him. And it wasn't until someone, one of my close friends who was desperately trying to get a hold of me because I did a complete shutdown, right, was when he got a hold of me or she got a hold of me and sent me just a 30-second video clip. I don't know if you've heard of Lisa Bevere. Sounds familiar, but... Yeah, so anyway, she, she's in the ministry world, right? It was a 30-second video, but it was powerful enough to wake me up from the stronghold that the enemy had on me. And it went like this. The attacks on your life has nothing to do with who you were, which I thought was pretty cool, right? Nobody can really go on a resume. Hey, 20,000 people or children and global and all this. But she basically said the attacks on your life has nothing to do with who you were, but everything to do with who you will become. Mm -hmm. Let me repeat that again. The attacks on your life has nothing to do with who you were, but everything to do with who you will become. And that, my friends, changed the name of the game in prayer. Because I remember going into the prayer closet, right? Putting my Bible on the floor, screaming at God because I was in so much emotional pain. And saying, what do you mean, who am I to become? What am I supposed to become? Who am I supposed to become that you have allowed every single person to walk away and maybe because they were not the right people and maybe because they were holding me back and maybe because until all the distractions were removed would not put me in a collision course to where I'm supposed to be going. And so it started a different journey. I started reading the Bible. My, my favorite, one of my favorite verses is Proverbs three, five, six. That goes, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. 
in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And even if I did not feel anything at that point, nothing, I didn't, I didn't have faith, so to speak, and just being, you know, transparent, I still said, okay, who am I supposed to become? Because I had to have a different mindset and belief at that point of, of looking at it from an external source going, why is the enemy so hell-bent at stopping me? You know, broke my heart, broken, you know, friendships, financial disarray. I mean, you name it, everything was hitting me off once. My children were sad. I'm trying to lift them up. I had the world waiting on me, right? And I said, who am I supposed to become that the enemy's hell-bent on destroying me? Because if that was 20,000 people that I was able to impact, what is in the horizon that he has hell-bent on destroying me that I fell into the lies of his existence? And I went on a solo journey, and I remember my, another clear, clear prayer of saying, I'm tired of the season and reason people. It is time for you to send the lifetime people that is supposed to elevate so I would and let them be so different that I will recognize they are sent by you. And they came. And they came in rapid succession, who are now my mentors and close friends that has now placed me to where I am presently. That allowed me to, to write for a magazine called Manila Up International. I started writing about life journeys, uh, of stories of breakdown to breakthroughs, because in that journey, I was still looking for answers to my own, you know, situations. And, you know, um, I started asking heavy questions of what led them. And then, then I started finding clarity in those writings because I went, my goodness, my journey's not my own. They were all suicidal. They were all depressed. And I related to, the, to their pain in a very authentic, empathetic, and sympathetic manner. And then I wrote about them. I kept writing about them. And the article grew to, the magazine grew to 200,000 followers. Wow. And I started winning awards for influencer for, writing, for, for my write-ups because God had exposed me to the global influencers. One of the biggest people that I've ever interviewed, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Steve Maraboli, who is the most quoted man alive. He has a 50 million, uh, 50 million reader reach. And here I was in front of him interviewing him in New York. And I'm going, <laughs> just how powerful are the stories of this other people that I'm supposed to write about? And I did. Manila Up International is actually now, 2018, we're launching our TV show that is being shown in Asia, in Los Angeles. And I'm going to drop the link um, on, your, on your site because you also will have an app that will allow everybody from around the world to watch it. And I was already asked to have my own segment for about a minute and a half. And I'm praying to God to give me the wisdom because now I'm going to be balancing the magazine. Plus now, you know, one of my friends said this to me the other day that kind of hit me and I had to take a deep breath and calm myself down. You know, that human moment, because she said, Melody, do you realize what this is doing? If your magazine and your you know, magazine article you write for has a 200 to 300,000 reader reach network television that puts you in front of millions and your message is now going to influence and impact millions. One of my mentors that I knew came from him. One of the first questions he asked me is this. Tell me about the deepest pain you've ever experienced. And I was at the height of it. I'm going, what kind of a question is that in a networking event? <laughs> right. 
I was like, that's very intrusive, right? And he goes, tell me about the deepest ex- uh, pain you've experienced. And I refused to answer it. And I said, but he said, but how has that served as a catalyst to your purpose? Because your pain, your deepest pain is the catalyst to your purpose in reaching others. Absolutely. And then came the other mentors. Uh, so the television is happening. Um, I've always been keen on children. So when I, one of my dream lists was to be part of UNICEF, right? So that's what, this is where UNICEF comes into play last year. And I basically said, all right, how do you volunteer with UNICEF? But then I found out they had something called a congressional advocacy team. And what we do is basically we advocate for the different platforms that UNICEF stands for, um, from human and child you know, trafficking, which is a very big problem around, around the world. It's a 39, check this people, $39 billion business on sex trafficking of children and, and slave trades. $39 billion, not even if you put the NFL, NHL, whatever other sports teams can come up to that as a profitability margin, $39 billion every year for the sex trafficking of children and slavery. So we represent forums like that. I formed, God led me to different dynamic leaders to form this congressional advocacy team, and I formed the 14th congressional advocacy team in the United States. Within seven months of forming this team, we found ourselves in the steps of Capitol Hill with other UNICEF um, groups from across the country now fighting in representation of 110 countries. That's you know, incredible. And, and the team's looking at me because they're like, you know, we, we go to D.C. as tourists. We've never been inside Capitol Hill. And again, it ties back. I look at left and right and I said, sons and daughters of immigrants, we are here to represent 110 nations in the fight to maintain budget cuts you know, because what happened last year was the administration cut 40% of international aid and UNICEF was pretty much in the danger of losing their own funding. But that would mean a lot of children's lives and well-being was at stake with a draw. So we, there was 300 of us, over 300 that converged in Capitol Hill. So leading a very strong dynamic team, we go back to Capitol Hill in, in March, you know, and I, I take a look at this check boxes and I'm going, Wow, I went from one night, one voice to now UNICEF, and this is strictly voluntary, right, of fighting for different humanitarian platforms that UNICEF stands for. I write in a magazine that talks about life journeys of others. I can share their platform and been gifted at that to now go into a television, you know, segment. We're going to run 13 episodes on an international scale. The book dropped this morning, you know, uh, that my announcement was official, and like I said, Joshua, this is no, no accident because literally within a minute of me uploading the information on Facebook and different social media platforms, here comes Josh going, can you be on my show? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> There's too many coincidences that happens in my life, you know, perfect alignment that I know is from God. Um, I landed in a podcast last year that was supposed to be, it's, it's, uh, the show was called God Speaks Radio, if I'm not mistaken, and I thought it was going to be a local show. I had no idea it was associated with iHeart Radio Station. No clue until I walked into the studio, and they told me, oh, we're Sprinkler, iHeart, all this other mega names, iTunes, and all this is being broadcasted 
simultaneously to the tune of 60 countries coming online that night to hear the story of One Night, One Voice. 60 countries. Egypt was online, Jerusalem. I mean, they were naming countries, and I was just going, all right, stop naming countries. You know, I just want to focus on what the message is. And I think we froze. So there we go. So this is what led to the present state. I am still working for corporate. I am a writer for a magazine. I am now going to be an author. I am an author, I should say. I speak on different engagements. I found myself with powerful speakers from around, you know, just across the nation. Um, last year, from another big name uh, who founded Get Motivated Seminars. And I remember going, what am I doing here? And then my best friend who came with me on this trip to speak, you know, to, to support my speaking said, you have a powerful message that none of this other speakers can present. It's called the human life, the humanitarian, your, your journey that has impacted and will continue to impact others around you. So that's my message to you this afternoon. Well, I listen, I really appreciate you being on the show and I would really appreciate too, if you would share your link, share the link to the book. Um, also your different organizations. I'd be very grateful for you doing that. Um, we have an amazing group of people that watch the show and they love to support people's efforts. Um, sure. I'm so thankful that you took the time to come on the show. Um, and, and I'll, I'm definitely rooting for you and everything you're doing. I'm going to be, you're definitely in my prayers, especially. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate <laughs> the efforts that you are, you're, you're making to change the world. So thank you so much for being on the show. You're very welcome. It's my, it's my honor that I can share this message. And again, if there's anything, don't let current events distract you. Don't let current problems stop you because that's all meant for a bit bigger purpose and you'll see when you get to the end of that tunnel absolutely thank you uh, best of luck with the book and i will support you in any way i can yes please thank you so much and god bless god bless you thank you so much all right guys thank you so much for joining the show have an amazing weekend um glad she was terrific that it honest to god i think we got to kept her on for three hours uh because there is a lot there there's a lot to dissect and um but I love that. But that is proof. Like if you think that you're too small, if you don't think that you're you're big enough to do something like that, think again. Here she was, one woman, one person that changed thousands and thousands and thousands of lives, and she's going to change millions. You can do the same thing. You absolutely can. You all have it in you. Um, she's such a blessing. You guys, uh, thank you so much for this week. It's been amazing. You guys are just wonderful. Thank you for the shares, the likes, the comments, all the new people that have joined the show this week. Thank you so much for your support. I love you. And you guys go support Melody's book. Um, it looks great. Go support what she's doing. She's really is trying to change the world. And the more people that can get behind people like that, you know, you, we really can change the world. So thank you again for this week. God bless you all. Uh, I'll see you on Monday. Bye-bye.
For garden color from the ground up, start with the ground. Vigoro colored bark mulch from the Home Depot. Now three bags for just nine bucks. It protects your plants beautifully and maintains its color for up to 12 months in shades of red, brown, or black that really set off your garden, not to mention your spring. Bring on spring color with Vigoro colored bark mulch. Three bags, nine bucks. Now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 60 per customer. Color selection varies by store.